Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The UK Film Review Festival is back. Join us for an incredible selection of feature and short films. Review the ones you see and do it all from the comfort of your own house. November 12th to 13th. Festival parties are on sale now at ukfilmreview.co.uk. Let's focus on the positives. We're here. It's another yes. episode. Um, I was just telling Brian during one of our numerous attempts to get this uh, show on the road um, <laughs> that I do have a... Uh, slight cold cough um so i've got my asthma inhaler in front of me and mm. i've got my you know finger on the the mute button if i need mm. it um brian will be carrying the show if i do no. have some kind of I'll, you know i'll, I'll do my attack. best <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that um i mean we, we nearly didn't have you at all so i'm just glad um, we've got some brian let alone yeah i know that's right you know. it's better than nothing <clears throat> um but yeah, how have you been, Brian? What's, what's been happening in your world? Um, yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm keeping busy, you know. I mean, look, it's the hump of the week, halfway through the week. It's Thursday tomorrow. I'm, I'm feeling positive, you know. Um, you know, it's uh, we live in interesting times, don't we, Chris? We do, and I don't think they're any more interesting. I think we just get told how much more interesting they are. I think I there's just so much stuff to listen to. Like, my, I don't really read the news. I try to avoid the news, and I don't really You're not a bad to... judge, you know. You're really not. Well, 
Um, but what happens is now my phone has taken it upon itself to say, no, Chris, come on, you need to read the news. Look, here <laughs> right. it is. Joe, you were just looking to see what the what the time was. But, yeah. you know, actually, we're going to tell you who's resigned from the cabinet. Yeah, we're going to tell right. you, you know, what the state of the world I affairs know. are. I'm like, Mo- there was a reason I didn't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mobiles have a mind of their own. Um, they, mobiles scare me in a way because they send you alerts that you don't remember asking for. And <laughs> they insist on telling you what's happening. Happening, and you'd rather not know sometimes. I was watching the news earlier on and David Mitchell was being interviewed. He's got a new West End show based on uh, Upstart Crow. And they asked him what he thought of what, what was happening at the moment. He said, I'm a bit bored, he said. Uh, he said, I think we should have a new prime minister. You know, he's had long <laughs> enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. It does make you feel like that, though, doesn't it? You think, well, what, what's going to happen next? I mean... In what... fairness, listeners, as Brian intimated, we are recording this on a Wednesday. If by the time you hear this, because it's going to come out on Sunday, we could yeah. have a new prime minister. You never know. You never yeah. know. Keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? You know, never gets boring, <clears throat> that's for sure. No, yeah. no. I mean... <laughs> so, Beware. I don't know about that. I still do think it is a bit boring, if I'm honest. Like I was, I was hearing it all last week, and I thought, do you know, what? I actually just don't care anymore. I mean, how bad is that? I just don't actually care know, who's prime minister. But... They could pick anyone. I would, I wouldn't even care, as long as it wasn't that, you know, the guy. You know, actually, no, let's not get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Let's not get into that. But no, I think um, one of the things that we do uh, benefit from is access to information and access to yeah. all the all the things that are out there. Absolutely, like, you know, yeah. like just now, me and you, you know, we're trying to record this podcast and recording each other on the phone and yeah. we're in we're yeah. in a virtual room trying to do this. And <laughs> yeah. I think it's sort of it's pretty marvellous when you think about it. But it's incredible, really. You know. you know, but I think part of the reason we become so bored with with uh current and topical affairs is that we don't have the stability that we used to enjoy i mean we've had five prime ministers in six years and we're all going to get bored with that aren't we let's be honest we're used to being stable you know being familiar with things do you think that part of that though the reason why it doesn't feel as stable now is because of the access and the 24-hour approach to life because i think a lot of politics they were able to just get things done because they could just be out of the limelight if they wanted to you know they could go off to a retreat and no one would bother them but now it's like no 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 we're we're, you know and the moment anything happens there is an instant shockwave of backlash everywhere and it's like it's very difficult to get anything done because everyone's just too busy being upset all the time and it's like there's no respite though is there there's no escape from you know, we crave information, we crave knowledge. I mean, it's the old cliche, isn't it? Knowledge is power. But having that amount of knowledge means that we can never mentally, we can never rest because we feel the need to keep keep up with what's happening. And we, we have control of the way we access information now. Years ago, that, that control wasn't within our gift. We didn't have control over information years ago, but now we have. And we can get it 24 hours a day, seven days a week if we want to. But others decreed that we we would have our information as it was presented to us. And maybe that was better in some ways. You know, we, we just take what we took what we were given. But now we can say, right, we want this, 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 this. We just hit buttons and bang, off we go. And I wonder how healthy that is really in some ways. Well... I think 
there are ways to escape and one of the best ways you could escape watch this segue uh, would be <laughs> we didn't even rehearse that did we no we don't rehearse anything we no just of course we are. it's all yeah um and that is the uk film review festival obviously so coming up soon uh, next month and it's on november 12th and 13th over at ukfilmreview.co.uk and a lot of the films that me and Brian have been, well, actually all the films we've been reviewing, will be mm. appearing there, as well as lots more we're yet to get to. Um, it's going to be a really fun event. If you're a filmmaker, um, there's going to be earlier access, and we're going to sort of do, hopefully, a few networking things to just inclusify it, uh, if that's a word. Is that a word? Uh, it is now. Um, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's going to be really cool, I think. And... Tonight, or whenever you're listening to this, you're going to hear me and Brian review five more films. We've got a, to be honest, this is the most eclectic selection. I don't know how you feel yeah, about the selection yeah, today. Yeah, no, it, it is. It, 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 it jumps from one extreme to another, but it is very truly eclectic. So. But um, they're, they're all yeah. very good, though, in their own way. I mean... Absolutely. I mean, they should all be. They're all official selections, but there's always a chance that you know, something's not going to hit or, or whatever. But I think, especially for me as a critic that's been doing this for a long time now, I, I find that it I give independent filmmakers such admiration because I couldn't do what they do. And I think that this, this selection we've got here is just absolute testament to that. The fact that these people made these films in a way that's like, Wow, I never would have thought of that. I never would have thought of doing it that way. Um, and we do have some, you know, big mix. We've got shorts, we've got a documentary, a feature, comedies, dramas. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all up there. Um, and I actually, for one, can't wait to get started. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm chomping let's, a bit. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. More intensity, even. Let's go. Hammer calls. Come on, Fat Boy. What I tell you, let's get it going. Let's move. Come on. Scream, sir. Get my boy. Come on, Fat Boy. Um, well, Fat Boy. Oh, yes. I was actually just trying to see if I could offend you, but that is actually well, the name. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the name. That's the name. I, I don't think we should shy away from the title because it's yeah. integral to the story it's telling, isn't it, really? Yeah. So just to um, confirm, the film is called Fat Boy. It's a short <laughs> film written and directed and edited by uh, Daniel Blinston, wow. um, uh, a young filmmaker from uh, Yorkshire, I believe. And um, it's a very powerful piece about a man uh, played by his name's Stan, played by Emmanuel Ale, I want to say, um, or Ali, and mm-hmm. he is a larger man and trying to uh, he's going to a gym and has a personal trainer uh, called Coach, played by Alexander Garcia and to begin with it looks like that sort of usual schlep of like okay yeah they're uh yeah he's trying to lose weight and this is his like routine but what kind of happens is it descends into this very aggressive very rigorous very intense um relationship between the two of them whereby the the coach is actually 
more humiliating his trainee and it becomes sort of evident that this is now not a healthy thing this is a very Mm. unhealthy thing especially psychologically but also physically um and it's abusive that it kind of just it's like a workout it kind of just gets more and more intense more and more demanding as you know to watch and then it it culminates in in quite a sort of um serious ending what did you think of fat boy brian yeah i think it was very effective um quite upsetting to watch in some ways because it was wasn't it i found it hard to watch very hard to watch the reason it was so upsetting is because i think we've all met somebody like stan and we've all met somebody like the coach who isn't a gross exaggeration of personal trainers they're not like that but we know that you can make a point by exaggerating and i think I think it's plugging into the the insecurity that people have about the way they look. You know, we live in a visual medium. There is pressure on us to have perfect teeth and perfect skin and perfect bodies. And because of the visual medium that we, we live in, we crave recognition and acceptance, social affirmation, having a great physique, being able to go online and say, look at me, aren't I in great shape? And this poor guy, Stan, is overweight. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are overweight and that's what makes it so real and so upsetting to watch because we all have that desire to look our best. But there we have the coach who is thoroughly unpleasant, aggressive and gradually more abusive as the story wears on. And we know that personal trainers can be uh, hideously optimistic and motivational and they can be annoying but most of them will will, the vast majority of them would have your best interests at heart they want you to be healthy and get fit but this particular character uh exploits stan's insecurity and uses it against him and that's quite distressing to watch but I, i think it's real it's being played out in every gym, in every health centre across, across the country, because we have a natural insecurity about the way we look. This is taking it to an extremes, but again, because we're using extremes, it, it's making the point more forcefully. So I thought it was a very effective piece, but quite upsetting to watch, because we all know somebody like Stan, who wants to improve and get better, but he's being destroyed really by by this this coach who's not doing what's best for him Um, i mean for me it was that kind of toxic element of society you know and what we think needs to happen and how we perceive body image mm. how some people perceive it and also but more in a personal sense of how people beat themselves up that's how i kind of took it was that maybe this person was sort of reflecting the the main character's own feelings on it um and obviously it kind of it, it i don't want to give away the ending because i kind of feel that there is a, a, yeah. a worthwhile sort of watch to just see what you can make of it but yeah. the ending kind of made it feel like oh okay you know is, is there is there something here that's sort of trying to talk about that talk about us shedding our the voices in our heads and things yeah. like that um interestingly the film it's been labelled a drama, obviously it is, a fitness drama, okay, yeah. I get that, but also dark comedy. I didn't feel uh, that at all. No, I didn't see that at all. Uh, 
I I wouldn't call it dark comedy in any way. I can't. I, I didn't feel like I laughed at all, but no. it actually won an award for best dark comedy. And I, I for me, uh, I I don't. I think if you're finding this funny, it's a yeah. very different film. I, I don't. I don't feel it's comedy. I wouldn't associate comedy with it in any shape or form. Mm. It's drama. It's drama, Absolutely. but it's not. It's not comedy. You know, I I think what what you see portrayed there, you know. It's real. You know, you see it. Anyone who's been in, into a gym, right? We've all been we've all been in that position, right? Where we've looked around at all these people who are all sort of slim and ripped and muscular. And you think, oh God. You know, that sense of desperation, you think, oh God, I want to look like that. That's what I want to look like. But how on earth do I do that? When really all you want to do is is improve your general level of health and fitness. But we're all bombarded by by that image. When you get into a gym, you see that. You know, seeing someone who's, who's so incredibly fit and muscular looking, you think, I can't aspire to that. I can't reach that. And it's that sense that you can't reach that ideal when you'd like to. You know, you could put in the hours. As, that, as Stan was in that story, you could see. You know, they're condensing time, aren't they? Because they have to. But you can see he's putting the effort in, putting the time in, getting no encouragement from the coach whatsoever. But doesn't look any different. If you imagine this over a period of time and you see no improvement. And I would say anyone who's been into a gym will feel like that insofar you think, oh, what's the point of this? You know, it almost feels hopeless in some ways. And anyone who has an issue with their weight, will feel vulnerable and the worst in some ways the worst place you can be is inside a gym well what i found interesting about it is the fact that he there aren't anyone there's not anyone else there right it's just no that's yeah it's not like a general public gym where it's filled with all different types of characters because i've been in gyms before and i I know what it's like you you have the (laughs) you got the people that you know they look like they live there you're like oh of course course they're here then you've got the people that are like me they're sort of watching netflix slowly on on an exercise bike (laughs) and everyone in between you've got all manner of people in a gym but with this there's something more specific about it that it's yeah. a man and another man in this kind of entanglement, and one of them is being very aggressive, very toxic, very uh, shaming, you know, body image shaming, fat shaming, and oh, the bit where he finds him eating in the locker room. And oh it's yeah, like, it was eating the cookie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. was like, oh my god, he's going to burst the top. That you know that whole attitude and that that side of things for me yeah. that felt very serious and that's what made me think it was a bit more of a kind of introspective film as opposed to like you're you know like you're saying you go to the gym yeah you might get the odd uh, person there that makes a comment or does something but generally what i found is everyone in the gym's very nice they all stick to what they're doing they're all there for their own reasons yeah. they don't really you're, they're not worried about you they don't care about you yeah. they only care about if you're sort of using the machines or something yeah that's long. right yeah that's if there's thing. a queue for a certain yeah if there's yeah. a queue for the rowing machine or something but um yeah you're right they don't feature anyone else in the film it's just that but they want to heighten the intensity between those two characters so they focus on two of them and yet you're right generally uh you get all, all shapes and sizes going to the gym so that sense of being overly conscious of your own shape is taken away a fair amount because there's other people doing what they want to do sort of thing. But there are some gyms that where they're just full of bodybuilders and they all look like that coach does. 
right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we just imagine that he's, he's in that type of gym, which isn't the best place for him to be, someone like that. But um, it's a case of setting the bar too high and thinking, right, I'll, I'll go to this gym because they'll really, really work me hard sort of thing. But is that a case of Stan being in the wrong type of gym? I wonder. You know, but that's what makes this film so effective is because it's really thought provoking. And we all put ourselves, we can all imagine ourselves in the same position as that. With him, it's more extreme because of the weight issue that he has. Uh, For most people, you know, who are relatively slim, don't have an issue, weight issues. They're just trying to get fit, trying to tone up a little bit. That's different, right? But you see, because there are so many people in this country with with weight issues this becomes an even stronger piece and more 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 resonant resonant with with people because they can imagine what stan's going through and what he wants to achieve because at the end of the day he just wants to get better doesn't he as we all yeah. do yeah and i think you know um that's what made me feel the film was more of a serious piece, definitely not comedy because um the filmmaker has even said you know his main goal was to inspire people uh, they're trying to lose weight to get rid of the distractions and bullies and yeah. focus on enjoying your weight loss. So that's, you know, that's what for me definitely sets this film up as a look. You know, it felt very raw. It felt very um, potent, lots yeah. of intense music and mm. you know, in, intense scenes and things that it was like a, a shock experience that, like I said, it was hard to watch. It wasn't it was. you know, comedy you find easy to watch. But what I would also say is that the filmmaker for our festival has not submitted it into the best comedy category. They could have done that. We have a comedy category and they haven't. So for me, maybe yeah. they got it. <laughs> maybe they got that other award by accident and someone just went, oh, well, well it's dark, isn't it? It's dark, yeah, but it's not I don't... funny as such. Well, I suppose when... when... <laughs> If you've made a film and you get an award and it, yeah, well, that's all right. You know, that's something to put. Oh yeah, the, uh, take it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If I, yeah, so if if I won posters, Best Fisherman, I take it. Yeah, sure. I know. You know, if you put that on your posters and on your yeah. promotional material, but it's not a comedy. I, d- I don't know how anyone could get that from it. Even a dark comedy. Like, I get dark comedies. Like I know, like we've reviewed a few. I think Kowalski yeah. was a bit of a dark comedy. Yeah. But yeah, this no, this is a straight up intense drama psychological drama um and uh, yeah with a bit of thriller to be honest so um but it is excellent i know i I, I seem to be sort of stuck on this dark comedy point but it's excellent really really good good. very short um it's only about six minutes so yeah yeah you can easily fit this in yeah Um, it's probably one of the shortest films we've reviewed uh in this yeah yeah and it was one of those ones as well where you're like, okay, I'd have more, definitely have more because um, you know, there's more to maybe the character. But as it was, I'm not sure I could have put up with more of that because it was like it was so intense, it was so yeah. distressing. I was like, do you know what? I just want to get away from that. Yeah, I think I that's know. the point. I think you don't want to be in that situation. Like, that's the point of the film. Like, correct, it's Chris. Not... It's done its job, then, hasn't it? Yeah, really, yeah. that's what it's supposed to do. So the director. Um, Daniel Blinston can, can sort of sit back and say, my, my work is done, you know, because, because it, it's had that impact and it's reached that p- point of intensity where we know what it's trying to say. We know the message it's getting across and it got, it was, they got the message across very effectively. Uh, very good. So yeah. next up, 
we're going to be reviewing another short film. This one is a drama directed by Thomas Elliot Griffiths called Jumpers for Gold. Oh, I love this. I was so scared of being a bad birder. Tiny little human, he tries to walk and talk like you. Basically, he thinks you're a bloody superhero. The last thing you want to do is let them down. I wanted things to be so different for us. We wanted you to have an old daddy. Most people just drop dead. Never get a chance to fix anything. Like you and Grandad? Yeah, like me and Grandad. You're right. Now what? This was, I thought when I was watching this, I was like, this is going to be right up Ryan Street. He's going to yeah. love this. I thought, I hoped that I was watching it at the same time as you. I thought, yeah. oh, I hope we're watching what, it together, but what, separately. Like, oh. Yeah. Why, why did you think I'd love this then? Well, do you know what? From the um, title straight away, I thought, this is really strange. My dad used to say this to me. We, that, yeah. I get, I get the jumpers for goalposts. Yeah, I used to do it yeah. as I was a kid. Like you play yeah. football, you put the yeah, jumpers. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. my dad used to say it. There was a character or something. Someone used to go around going jumpers for goalposts. Yeah, that was yeah. He's was right. it Harry Enfield or something? Well, no. Well, you you're close. It was uh, the Fast Show with ah, uh, with right. Paul Paul Whitehouse. Paul Whitehouse. So, yeah. There was a character called Ron Manager. Um, who was basically, that character was sending up maybe half a dozen real-life managers, one of whom was Alex Stock. And Alex Stock used to drift off while he was being interviewed and start talking about the old days. He'd say, oh, not like like the old days. Baggy shorts, jumpers for goalposts, marvellous. <laughs> but, but you see, in this in this context, it's, it's talking about a relationship between the father and the son, isn't it? Yeah. Then playing football in the, in the park and using jumpers for a, for goalposts. What what I really love about this though is that it it hits home with such a sort of an emotionally powerful message, really. You know, because the the main character, um, who is Chris, I believe, played by Michael Newstead, um, is an ex-con who realizes that he has, or is told he has, a terminal illness, and attempts to reunite and build bridges with his son. He's a strange son, uh, Danny, played by Luca Donnelly. And I I think it's beautifully acted. It's so well observed. You know, to me, it's it's kind of saying, well, you know, the that character has realised that the imminent death in a year or 18 months, however long it is, has shown him how precious life is. And that, you know, all the arguments and disagreements that you might have with anyone that you love or you're close to um, should be tidied up 
that you should have that conversation. Put those arguments to bed because who knows what's going to happen. And that's what really comes through most strongly where father and son reunite with the knowledge that the father has a terminal illness and that there are developments in his son's life that he needs to be aware of and he needs to know about. And it's just a way of saying, you know, don't leave any unfinished business. Don't let arguments and disagreements fester with anyone you're close to. Because he's realised, Danny, the main character, has realised that life is so precious now that life is honestly too short to waste time on arguments, disagreements, and losing the most important relationship in his life with his son. And the the sense that uh, his life will be tragically cut short, but it makes it more valuable to reconnect with his son. I mean, isn't that a wonderful message to put across? I loved it. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, you've summed it up so well. You, you literally have got some of the same points that I put down. Um, I thought the poignancy of it was so well uh, delivered. And so the performances are great. But also the filming of it was very delicate mm. and very um, absorbing. It felt like you were just a fly on the wall in mm. this situation, just sort of being able to really witness a beautiful moment between these family members that had you know themselves been distant you know, they didn't they weren't that well connected and all of mm. a sudden you know the news of this man's cancer has sort of brought them together or, or whatever the illness is i don't think they actually named the illness um, no, I don't think they do. No. but you kind of assume right <laughs> i think it was probably cancer unfortunately these days yeah. but mm. that i thought it was it was very well um, done in a way that it it's going to be a delicate line if you're going to play with two very big themes, which is you know someone looking at a terminal illness plus mm. an estranged relationship between mm. a father and son. You know, there's a lot there that it could feel very um, oddly handled if you decided to sort of mess up with that. It's but, not an easy one to do though. It's no, not an easy not, one to, no. to pull off, really. Um, and I think the charm of it. I'm not sure charm is the right word because it's not, but for me it felt charming because it felt quite quintessential. Um, I mentioned my dad earlier on in it, mm. uh, talking about the jumpers for goalposts and it yeah. made me think of my dad. I was watching it thinking, yeah. oh, you know, that would be terrible if that was my dad. You know, obviously um, it, yeah. it makes you think about, makes you feel those things about your own family and yeah, about the things that maybe you yeah. might regret and stuff. And I think that that's, absolute testament to the the, the power of the film and yeah. to the filmmaker um thomas elliott grevis who wrote and directed it i always find that if you've done that you know if that's your story and you've managed to deliver it in yeah. your way um i i, I knew um uh, about thomas before because he directed a, a short doc i think called sticks and feathers um right. and um yeah we we've heard of him before but when he submitted this, I was very excited and I'm so glad I've got to see it because yeah. it, it, it's really, really good, really yeah. good. Um, and I think, again, like pulling on some of these themes about, like in the last film, talking about you know, toxic masculinity. In mm. this one, it's talking about this sort of male ego and how he was like embarrassed to come back because he'd sort of, um, I think he committed a crime and gone away. Yeah. But then even when he came out, like he didn't come back to the family because he was embarrassed. And it's taken 
him to be approaching death in order yeah. for him to put that aside and actually yeah. just be with his son. And I think that's the thing I took away from the film so much was this idea of like, you know, the father and son relationship right. obviously applies to any relationship, but actually yeah. when it's males, when it's men, yeah. there's something inherently uh, avoiding the the, yeah. you know, the emotions well, that are so important. Well, I mean, let's be absolutely frank about this without wishing to generalise, but men traditionally aren't good at sh- expressing themselves, at sharing their feelings. And whereas once we would be raised in, in a culture where, where men tough it out, men don't show their feelings. I'm not saying it goes for everyone, but that's the commonly held view. And this is an example of two two characters, father and son, who'd become estranged. I mean, that's what's great about this, because you can imagine the backstory. It's easy to fill in the backstory with a few basic facts. You can do it. You can fill in the backstory. You, you know how it's gone, where they're both too, too angry and too proud to admit they need each other. Right. It takes this extreme event for them to soften up and start talking. And that is typical of men in some ways. It is. It's very typical of what men do because men don't often tell each other how they feel. You know, um, I mean, look at, the, look at the, way, way, the way male friends behave towards each other and the way female friends behave towards each other. There is a difference. There is a, a difference in the genders between the the ways they, they will uh, discuss their deepest feelings because you just won't get it with, with a lot of men, you know? Um, and there's obviously but, a connection as well between football and men and yeah. how <clears throat> like you'll see grown men cry at a football game, but yeah. they won't cry when their son yeah. goes off to war or something like yeah, that. I know. And it's like they, you've got um, in the background, there is actually a father and son playing football yeah. whilst the two characters are chatting on the bench. And yeah. I think it's quite clear what the filmmaker is saying about this situation yeah. that you know it's quite a common one yeah of course i mean it it was probably the one of the things the earliest memories that the son had watching that father and son play play football in the park that was that recalled one of the earliest memories that he had of his own dad and his dad's thinking the same thing it's a bonding experience isn't it that brings them closer together it's so well observed it, it's it's a it's a it's a lovely film. It really is, and the important thing for me is that, is that it it communicates a very clear message, and it's all about good storytelling, you know. And it does that so well, but it makes you it kind of pricks your own conscience, your own memory. You think, yep, yeah, I know what that's getting at. I know what it's trying to say, because we see it in our own relationships. So. Um, well done, Thomas. That's all, all I can say. And well done to the actors as well. Oh, yeah, because they, they, they didn't overdo it. They didn't know it would be easy to over-egg the pudding from a, an actor's point of view. But they played it at just the right kind of level and pace. So they deserve a lot of credit as well. And, you know, all in the space of 13 minutes, I think that was. Yeah, so, another short one. Yeah. Um, well, moving on from one father and son story to another, um, mm. the next short film. Um, directed by Samuel Carl Cohen uh, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. What are you doing? Please, help me. I'm hot. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Please, I just want to go home. Get out of here. Stop it. She's a woman from the street, probably. She's going to give you some disease. I think you just go back. this real? Hmm. I'm going to hand over to Brian for the synopsis on oh, this one because it was you? absolutely <laughs> baffling this one. What do you think of this one? I, I, honestly, look, I'm not saying it doesn't have its moments. It does. I mean, in places it's very funny and they do come up with some genuinely funny lines in it but i wasn't really sure of the narrative to be absolutely honest but in some ways i think that was the intention oh yeah you know, definitely we we've got this uh elderly gentleman who's wheelchair bound and he has uh, a son living at home grudgingly looking after his disabled father but the the father Sensing uh, the son's discontent, this is what I get from it anyway. Sensing the son's discontent, uh, tries to get him out of this rut, right? But at the same time, he, he introduces uh, a new partner into into the mix, and this is where all where I start to kind of lose it a little bit because <laughs> it it kind of it morphs into a kind of a flash forward. I think they call it prolapses, don't they? It flashes forward, and you see, you see the son as an old man, and he's talking to himself as an old man. But then you also have this uh, partner of the father, who I think is Eastern European, <laughs> very strong accent, and the, the father the, the father says to the son, I, um, "Here's your new mummy, right? Here's your new mum, right?" We'll have fun. We can play games together. We can play games like competitive barbecuing. 
I like that line. That is a good line. It's that is a standard line. So I suppose, really, it's the only similarity between Lacton and uh, Jumps of Goalposts is that it's trying to tell a relationship between father and son, but doesn't do what Jumps of a Goalpost does because it lacks any kind of symmetry, really. It jumps around, and you feel it's a series of loosely strung together gags that are quite funny, but doesn't necessarily have a narrative that I would recognise myself. But it has its moments, I think. I think you've done excellently there, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And actually, what was great about that was it it did confirm for me that, okay, well, that's pretty much what I got from it. Um, The only thing I would sort of add, I guess, was that there was a surrealist feel to it. It was shot in black and white, and I think some of it felt quite dreamlike. So yeah. whether or not it was all actually happening, I wasn't 100% sure of. And it did get split into like two chapters. I think there was a, yeah. a thing came That's up. That's right. Said, there was, yeah. yeah, that, right. Yeah. That made me think it was like, obviously, maybe one part was when he was there and then another one when he wasn't. Um, that, yeah, I, I think it's obviously, again, exploring this father-son relationship in a way that felt, bizarre and and different and uh, and comical yeah. i can't like i said there was these random bits that just made me you know really made me laugh there was a bit <laughs> where a bear just comes running out of a tent <laughs> i cracked up laughing at that bit i thought where does that come from um and, that and I think obs- is the strength yeah the i know but, but you see the thing is it's almost that you know you look at it it could almost be uh, a distant relative of Monty Python. Yeah, yeah. It's almost Python-esque, of... really. That and I mean that as a... Odd... Yeah, yeah, it's a compliment, right? That's I mean it's a compliment, compliment. I really yeah. do. But it, I, I don't think the uh, uh, a tangible storyline was really important. I don't think it was necessarily essential to, to recognise that because that's not what it's about. But, I mean, I, I didn't quite get the uh, the focus on the milk as well. Well, apart from the title, because I was like, oh, lactose. Yeah, okay, like, is yeah, that, like, be, yeah. is that coming there? Yeah, the, the breast milk and, yeah, that bit was quite disturbing. I'd read that in the reviews, <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, oh, okay, like, let's yeah, see I what know, happens there. Right. But it all was just this big mix of um, odd flavours and ingredients. Like, yeah. you had the classical score, you've got the black and white, yeah. you've got the random scenes. Uh, the, it was all just, I think, very keeping you on the edge so you, yeah. you, you didn't you couldn't really get a feel for it there's no way of saying oh yeah i, I totally get what they're doing there because yeah. i don't think they would know i don't think that was the yeah. point of the film i think I, it was doing something different there i i think like all the films that we're featuring uh here and in the festival it is worth a look it really is because mm. it's the type of film that you start watching it and you can't really take your eyes off it <laughs> Because you think, what are they going to do now? I mean, what what does that mean? And the, what they want you to do is to start asking lots of questions. You think, why is that happening? What does that mean? How does that relate to what's just happened? But that's the that's the idea. It's that kind of film, and it makes you watch. It does. It has its moments for sure. But you know, as I say, it, it's not like anything you'll see. Um, in, a, in your common garden uh, film festival, but it, but it's it makes its point and it's well worth having a look at. Absolutely, um, I think again, if you go into it 
with a bit of an open mind and then you can really embrace the the weirdness yeah. of it i think yeah. it is actually there's, there's quite a lot there and I, like i said it it takes a lot to get me to laugh out loud but that bear bit i was just <laughs> cracking up i thought that was so funny that that for me is like all right do you know what? whatever else happened in the film all I'm going to remember is the fact that I burst out laughing at that bear yeah. thing. And I, I, I think that is great. That's what you want to take away from it. It has that cult feel. It has that cult feel yeah. of a comedy that someone goes, oh, what about the bit where you know, they're pouring yeah, the milk it, into the glass? Like, yeah, it will become uh, a, a very sort of popular film within this kind of context, within its genre. And it will turn into a cult. It's that type of film. It will do. And, and good luck to it. You know, it... it it does that. It's very clear about what it's doing, I think, in some ways. Because, you know, the fact that we're discussing it in the way we are, again, you think, right, that's that's what they've done. They've done it. They've, they've done us done us up like a kipper in a way because it, they, we've fallen for it. But you would. That's the fun of it all. That's the fun of it all. It's trying to work out what's going on. Funny enough, it's actually not entered into the best comedy. It's that been is entered that in weird. Yeah, whereas I'd be That's like, That's a, that would be a, a straight comedy. Uh, yeah. But it's up for best short film. Um, it's it's called, called Lacktown. Yeah. Do check it out if you yep. can. Um, I think you need a couple of views, maybe, to try yeah, and Yeah, no, I think it's short it. enough. Yeah. Um, to make sure you catch all the right lines and you get your quotes yeah. right, you know, yeah. Enjoy you the see... bear bears. Or what yeah, exactly, yeah. But, of course, it does lose its impact when you see that a second time. That's true. Yeah, yeah. No. It didn't get me the second time I watched it. Yeah, I, so... I do tend to watch these a few times, and I was watching it again, I was like, ah, here comes the bear. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the with, with, a, with a short film, um, you can see it two or three times and pick up all the nuances, but... The bear, the, you know, first first time only, it's a cracker. You know. <laughs> Second, uh, third time, maybe it loses its shine a little bit, but, you know. All right. Well, moving over from America to Germany for our documentary uh, entry that's on this episode, The World Cruiser, mm. directed by Yorick Nice. Now, or Ness, Nice, Ness. Nice. Um, this was intense. It was a long one. It was, um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, you know, you're coming up to, I think it was an hour and 45, almost. Yeah. Uh, hour yeah. Five. Um, and it's the, it's all made up of different footage. So like you've got stock, you've got animation, mm. and you've got, I think, some actual things that have been shot for the film. And then subtitles uh, or like messages and yeah. it's this is how I understood it that it was depicting um, a, a, the world cruiser is like a, a spaceman in the future coming back to the Earth to understand what happened why why it all went wrong like yeah. environmentally mm-hmm. and then doing things like what they would do to try and sort of fix it in this kind of like way of telling us right now as an audience in 2022 hey guys look this is really what we should be thinking about because you know we need to sort this out um it has a very strong visual style uh, i found a lot of the imagery and the the music as well mm. engaging and captivating it was like wow this is like incredible um mm. and it was also obviously a lot of social commentary there's a lot in there to to sort of dwell on and think about yeah um what do you think man I was very impressed with it, I have to say. It was a little bit long. 
And I think it was it, long. Yeah. Visually, though, it's stunning. You know, the way it's actually put together. I'd love to see this film on an IMAX screen because then you get the full impacts. Yeah, yeah. So visually, it's arresting. It's absolutely beautiful, the way it's put together. The, the editing's excellent. Really, really good. I think the... Uh, I think the narrative fragments slightly, particularly where you've got actors doing voiceovers who are supposed to be Bruce Willis and Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, I was trying to imagine what Whoopi Goldberg sounded like in German because <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg was supposed to be on there. But brilliantly put together. It really was. And it's, you know what it's trying to say? You know, the message is getting across. I, I saw the, I personally saw the, the space cruiser as something of a superhero. Who's, who's who's looking at what, as you say, what we as a race have done to the to the uh, ecosystem, to the climate, to the world, showing how beautiful the world is and look what we've done with it. And he's trying to put it right. And there are some really interesting sort of statements that you get, you know, that make you think a little bit if, if you listen closely and you watch closely, because a lot of the messages are visually represented, aren't they, on screen where they're sending each other emails or texts, aren't they? Yeah. You know, one line was, don't fight against the people, fight against their opinions. And you think, that's quite smart, that, isn't it? The same, you don't fight individuals, we don't fight each other, but we fight the opinions that we hold. We discuss things, we we moderate. You know, they were, they were, Visually, they bombarded you with lots of ideas. They were they were talking about um, global parliaments, weren't they? And some interesting sort of takes on the world, on humanity, on where we go from here. Uh, the music was brilliant. I think it really shows it was a, a German production because the music, but I think it was by Recode, sounded very, very sort of craftwork inspired. You know, the electro pioneers from Germany. Brilliant soundtrack. I love that. So there's something quite compelling about it. The visuals are stunning. The soundtrack's excellent. The, uh, I think the the dialogue gets lost in translation slightly because because they're indicating this is someone being an actor. I mean, Bruce Willis's lines, or who we're told is Bruce. Uh, it's coming out with some interesting observations on life, but you couldn't recognise him as Bruce Willis because it's being translated into English, it's in German. That's one side where it slightly falls down. But good good piece of work. Very effective, very well put together, I think. Yeah, I, I think the elements that worked for me were was actually the, the, the dialogue and the, the, the sort of narrative that was being shaped because I was kind of thought, oh, I'd, I'd be interested to see what, this movie would have looked like as a fictional piece. Do you know what I mean? As an actual yeah. film where you'd have this crew coming back and trying to sort of you know, sort out what's happened yeah. to the, to the, to earth. Um, and there's this whole point that keeps coming up in the film about a common sense pact. You know, it's like about this sort of I mean, idea. Yeah. Of, and, and like you say, you know, that line that you picked out, I picked out too about the whole um, you know, fighting people's opinions because that is actually the crux of the problem, right? The crux yeah. is it isn't the fact that, oh, okay, well, there's people over here, people over there, let's fight. It's like, no, 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 it's that some people believe that there is no global warming and some people mm. believe that it's okay to keep 
mining for all this stuff. And it's it's the idea that actually we need to to put those uh, things up against each other and say, look, mm. do you know what actually is that right? Because we can yeah. we can prove it. Yeah, you know, that that can your your opinion can be shown to be wrong. <laughs> like yeah. that is actually possible. So um, I think it's done in a very clever way and it's very engaging. Like I say, the, the IMAX feel of it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I could sit through an hour and 45 in the IMAX again, um, but I think it, it is a film that has very, very remarkable visuals and really potent um, storytelling for a mm. documentary because it has that flashy feel at times. Like some yeah. of the images are quite glossy, uh, yeah. the music, like we said, um, everything on, on it. It feels in a way that, you know, you could, if you were going to say, look, let's make an environmental documentary, mm. you know, straight what comes up to mind is like, okay, well, it's like going to be like David Attenborough or it's going yeah. to be uh, that guy that ran for president. You know, it's going to be something of like a nature of, like, okay, guys, we need to sort this out. It's all going yeah. rubbish. Whereas this is something very different, very um, experimental. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's a good. That's the the word I was searching for earlier on. It, it is experimental. I think it's presenting. It's trying to present. The message is very clear. What's coming through? I'm surprised it's billed as a documentary in some ways. It's to me, it's more of a dramatic take on, on how the ecology has suffered over generations. You know, the another, another phrase that I I picked out was what flashed up on screen more than once was no matter what you can take and keep it. And it's almost like an abuse of the Earth's natural resources with no sense of any comeback. And it's, I think if they, you know, I think the review that got written, the review that uh, we did for the website, I can't remember who did did the review for it, but they made an interesting point where they said that you could listen to it, just listen to it and not watch it and get the story. And in some ways I would say that I would prefer to either watch it without the the sound the sound or listen to or listen to the dialogue because to me in my mind it was separating out far too much because the visuals were so powerful but it's very good though it's very it's not denying it's good and it looks quite expensive as well yeah over a hundred thousand euros um to make the film um, just to go back, the, the review was by Jason. Um, Jason, right. Okay, and he's, yeah. he, he did say, he said, the, interestingly, if the voiceover was removed, this would be a different kind of experience. Yeah, it was, it's right. It's true. If you separate the two out, and I think they would both work. If you just listen to the, the soundtrack and the dialogue, it would work on its own. Yeah. And if you just looked at the visuals and you killed the sound, that would work as well because of the, the messages that are coming up on screen. You can still follow it. So it's there's a lot going on there, but it is too long though. I, I think that I think that could have been. I mean, we always say that all films are 20 minutes too long. A feature-length film is probably 20 minutes too long. We always say that, don't we? 20 minutes, half an hour, take, take give or take. If but, anyone's going over an hour and a half, I'm always like, I why are you going over an hour and a well, half? And with you, a documentary, I yeah. think you are really, especially one like this, because pretty, they're not making many different points like it gets to the point where, okay you're making the same point yeah but it, we're still going yeah it's it's kind of hammering home the same point basically over and over you know what it's getting at you can see what it's getting at 
And pr- they could, probably could have could have made it could have been better if it was say an hour ten. You know, you could you could have lots a lot off of that because there is there is a certain amount of duplication there. But you know, it's 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 how valuable you think it is and how integral these messages are. But when when you deliver the message once, you don't need to do it again. You don't need to continue making the same point necessarily. And it, um, it almost felt know. as well that it was like <laughs> maybe they bought all these clips and they were like, right, better use them, better, better use them, them. <laughs> better use them. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, get that yeah it could be that. Um, yeah, just get our money's worth. Yeah, but no, I think we, yeah, we're, we're joking. But it, it's there is a it's a lot to enjoy with the World Cruiser. I do think it's worth checking out. Yeah, I think that. Like you say, it's a film that you you're not necessarily gonna want to watch twice. I no. haven't. I've only watched it once. I couldn't bring myself no. to watch it again. Um, not so soon, anyway. I'll probably watch it again, or at least dip in at the festival. Yeah. But I think it's worth watching to see how different a documentary can be handled um, on mm. a, sub- a subject which is all you know, very uh, relevant right now. Um, yeah, really interesting. A very very memorable. I think that's what the word oh, it I is. It's very memorable. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, I it, watching that. It stands out. You know, you won't forget it in a in a hurry. That's for sure. But you know, so, like I, like I say, it's um, it's good. You know, the 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 filmmakers, the filmmaker has has got ability to be able to visualize something like that and make it reasonably coherent. But it but it is that's the only problem with it. It's, it's a little bit too long. My name is Richard Fish, and I am the writer, director, and star of What You Can't Promise, and I made this film to prove to myself that I could make a feature film in very little time with almost no money. So we often hear about low-budget films, and what that means to many filmmakers is actually several thousand pounds, but to me it was about 500 quid and a lot of pre-production time and effort thinking about what I could include in the script. Now I knew that the two of us would star, and I knew I wanted to use the house that we see in the film, so I tailored the script towards those elements. I really hope that people get a lot out of this film, and if nothing else, I do think I've proved that it is entirely possible to make a half-decent film with very few resources if you go about it the right way. Many people have said to me that the film defies genre classification, and I'm quite proud of that, I think it's true, Um, but it has romance, drama, and supernatural horror elements, so if any of those appeal to you, you might get something out of what you can't promise. No promises. Really, I want the audience to just be other low-budget filmmakers or people who are thinking about making films, just because it is possible for pretty much everyone. This one took me by surprise. It really did. Um, Because the premise is this guy's going to... um, He's staying in his... Uh, the house of his dad or someone who's died? Or That's just dad. died, yeah. That's just died, yeah. yeah. And he's there to sort of sort out all the things that happen when someone passes away. There's lots to, to do and the house is one of the things that he's got to kind of contend with and he's there on his own. But then all of a sudden, uh, this woman turns up at the door called Ursula and um, she claims that she is sort of like an Airbnb person that she's turned up mm. because she's booked to stay there. Um, even though Gareth, the, the, the main character, who is also Richard Feisch, um, yeah. he has no knowledge of this, but like at first seems a bit sceptical, but then just sort of goes along with it because she's very, 
convincing and she's very um, uh, good at, we find out, manipulating um, mm. him because she is far more than she says she is. And yeah. she wants, once she's in the house, it then becomes clear that there's there's a lot more um, that's going to transpire. Um, as I said, when it first started, I was very kind of like, oh, right, this feels very wooden. It feels a bit kind of, um, it's struggling quite a lot. Mm. But then as it went on, it really engrossed me in this sort of like homemade horror feel to it. Mm. It had a real charm and a real, like, do you know what? Simple yeah. ingredients, simple characters, a decent story that, all right, yeah, albeit it's a bit of a familiar one once you realise what's happening. Yeah. That was, I thought it was quite an ambitious piece. It was quite, oh, it's actually doing doing well with what it's done. And how did you feel about what you can't promise? Yeah, I think it's it was watchable. It's very watchable. I mean, the beginning is slightly misconcerting, I think. Disconcerting, sorry. Insofar that, you know, this woman just knocks on the door and he, he's kind of grieving for his dad and he's wondering what to do with this big house. And I, I get far too logical with a storyline like this because you think, all right, so she knocks on the door. Oh, I, I've booked a room. And he says, no, you haven't. And anyone else would have said, sorry, off you go. But no, he, he invites her in. A complete stranger who he knows nothing about. But that in itself is where it really clicks into action for me. It's where he's obviously, there's an attraction there, isn't there? He's attracted to it. He's fascinated by her. So he lets her come. He lets her stay the night. And the story develops from there. And the, from that point, when he gets over over that kind of my addiction to logic, to think, why why would you let a strange a stranger in? You don't know who they are. You don't know they're coming. You know, why don't you just say, off you go, send him on their way? But no, he's he's curious and he's fascinated by her. So that's why he lets her stay. And the fact that he's he's drawn to her for a a variety of reasons. Um, but it becomes a very watchable story. But the beginning is kind of a little bit sort of sticky because I always apply logic, you know. What's well, that's the... where horror always falls down, right? Horror is always that yeah. thing where you go, well, why are you going yeah. to the basement? Just what's... run out of the house. Yeah, what's your motivation? But um... of course, at that point, you don't know it's already. That's a, that's and I think for me that... Like I say, I, there were elements I definitely thought were lacking. I did find some of the dialogue was quite wooden. And I think that does happen, especially when you've got the director who's in the film. And we've said yeah. this before, or yeah. in the earlier film, Green Lanes, I think it was, yeah. where it's like, they need someone else to tell them, hey, do you know yeah. what? Like, I know you wrote those lines, but can yeah. you maybe just drift about around them more um, yeah. as opposed to just doing them verbatim? The other thing which... I liked and I didn't like was the long static shots. There's like, you have the cameras like placed in one part of the room yeah. and it's literally just static and it's just filming this often quite long scene. Mm. So it has a, like a theater feel to it. It was yeah. like, okay, we're watching like a bit of theater now. And with that comes the um, difficulty to fully immerse yourself into it because yeah. you're not having the benefit of editing. You're not having lots of shots and angles and, 
they're not having different takes and all this stuff that it's just one long scene that you're watching yeah. which on one hand i liked because it had like a blair witchy sort of feel yeah. but i was like oh actually this could be like you know these are just cameras around the yeah. house but then on the other side i did think do you know what it's it's make i see why they've done it because maybe it's just the easiest way to get this filmed and it's like the cheapest yeah. way but it is also detracting yeah it is it's filmed in two two rooms you know, budgets will be limited. A film of this type, it will be limited by its budget. That's often the case. But it's often a testament to how well they put the film together because they are limited. You're right about the uh, the director also starring in the same, the same feature. You have to be very perceptive to be able to direct and star in, in a piece like this. And whilst... I think he, he's okay as far as he goes. I think Maria Taubo, who plays Ursula, was uh, a much stronger character. Yeah, uh, she was, yeah. I much stronger character. And that could be because he was directing. And you do need someone else to see what's happening and someone else to interpret the script that you've written. Not easy to do. It was okay. It still worked. But I think it was her. It was, I mean... She's probably the bigger bigger character of the two anyway, but she became more so because she had that kind of separation from the creative side. And I think shows. she probably had less to do, right? She's got she's yeah. focused on her performance. That's it. You know, Maria yeah. Talbot, her performance. Yeah. Whereas uh, Richard is doing you know, he's written the film, he's directing, and he's directing her and himself and yeah. doing a lot there, thinking about more than just... He's probably, you know, not really funny, like, you're sat there in the scene, these are long scenes, he might be thinking, all right, I've got to do this scene, but also after this, I'm going to go off and do that scene, like, do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. she's fully in the moment. And um, he did say, uh, he said about um, it's made on a shoestring budget in a couple of days, no, no budget, sorry, um, in a couple of days. And I think... When filmmakers do that, I applaud them, but I also mm. do kind of say to them, could it not have been a short? Because, you know, if you mm. don't have the budget, if you don't have the time frames, then make it a more um, manageable piece yeah. because then you can do it right. Because I think certain scenes, there are, there's a quite a few of them, that there's a lot of them where you, you're going, oh, okay, yeah, that wasn't great. Oh, okay, mm. yeah, that that wasn't great. And that mm. happens too many times, yeah. I think. Um like I said, I still ended up very much enjoying it. Yeah. I was absorbed by it. I got into the narrative. I got into the whole feel of it. And once I felt it was like a homemade horror, yeah. then it then it kind of clicked into a different gear for me. But to begin with, I was very much like, mm, I think this is overambitious. Yeah, it has its own atmosphere, but I think it. But it takes. It probably takes almost the duration of the film for that to come to the fore. So, but it's a slow burning sort of type of storyline, really. But you know, for for what was done with a very limited budget, it was fun as far as it went. And once you settled into it and you got into the rhythm of it, it it was it was a solid piece of work. Absolutely, that was what you can't promise, and worth checking out, um, <clears throat> especially if you like kind of classic stories, classic horror stories. I think mm. it's got a nice charm to it. Yeah. Um, the candle lit scenes I thought were the, the best. That was when it worked for me. That was yeah. when it was like, oh, actually, you know, this is moody and it's intense. When it was daytime, it was more like, 
uh, the veneers sort of showing a bit too much here. Um, so but, yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. But it's the the location they had because it was it looked to be quite an old sort of cottagey type of building, didn't it? Where yeah. when it gets dark, you can light candles, and candles give you light and shade, and it gives it much more atmosphere. So I think you're right there as well. But nighttime does add something to the atmosphere that they're they're portraying there but you didn't quite get it during during daylight no no and i say i think that was when i was looking at the film picking out the elements i did like that was definitely one of them um those those scenes so yeah what you can't promise um a nice uh feature length as well it's hour 10 so it's not gonna break you like sometimes when you have features and things at festivals it's like oh gosh right i need a bit of a break now but Mm. i think that's a nice palatable one um, yeah just to fit in and yeah one i would i would recommend watching late uh in the day not during the daytime yeah if you can mm-hmm. um so those are our five films for this mm-hmm. evening when we're recording and mm-hmm. it's been a very different kind of journey i think some of the episodes we've done have been very drama heavy or very short yeah. uh yeah, like thick. Whereas today it was a very mixed bag. There was, yeah, some, you know, absolutely. we've gone on a on a very wild journey. I think through different yeah. films, but um, yeah, all very great, all very interesting. Very proud to be showing them at the festival. Mm. And as I've said in other episodes, we're going to try and review as many as we can before the festival. But it's very difficult to get around to all of them. So we may be reviewing some of them after the festival. Um, the trailers are all available uh, for the films that have them and the full list of the official selections is on the website. Just go to the UK Film Review website and at the bottom of the page there's a link to the lineup, and you'll be able to also buy tickets there. Um, it's going to be a great event. We've got a lot of the filmmakers they're hoping to attend, so that's great really cool. Uh, the critics as well mm-hmm. and anyone else obviously that wants to join from the public would be great. But, um, yeah, I just want to say a huge thank you to my co-host, Brian. Thank you, Brian, so much for being here. It's all right. Pleasure as always. And thank you to listeners and thank you to the filmmakers and to everyone else who makes this happen. Um, That's it for this episode. We'll see you again next time. Take care. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.